Burns and Gambo. Afternoons on Arizona Sports, the local sports leader. Beal comes down the right side. In the corners, Kuzma for three. He hit it, and the Suns need a timeout, and they need more time on the clock. I followed a, a miss by Mikhail Bridges. It was a wide-open corner three. Uh, at that point, it was a 17-2 Wizards ru- uh, run, and the Wiz led 105-100 to at that point. They went on to defeat the Phoenix Suns last night at the Footprint Center Arena. They win that game. Big fourth quarter. Kyle Kuzma, who's been the subject of a lot of trade talk, had 29 points last night. Six rebounds, six assists, two steals. He was five out of ten from three-point range. Knocked down half of his three-pointers. Shot 52% overall from uh, from the field. Good game for Kyle Kuzma. If he's auditioning for the Phoenix Suns, that was a pretty good game to play against Monty Williams' team last night. Well, he wasn't exactly putting his best foot forward because he pretty much does that night in and night out. I mean, he's averaging 23 points a game. I mean, his last five games, I'm looking at, I mean, 24 points, 22. I mean, listen, he's a good player. We talked about it yesterday. He's a guy that is going to put the ball in the basket. And he's a guy that could help the Suns in a variety of ways because they just don't have that consistency right now behind Devin Booker. We talked about the vacillation of Bridges and and Ayton who are really more programmed to be the the C player, the third scorer. So they can get away with having 27 one night and 8 the next. You'd like to see more out of especially Ayton in that role. But until Chris Paul can find his offensive game that he's had the last couple of years, you know, the Suns are going to need a consistent score, whether he's in the lineup, uh, the starting lineup, or the bench. Look, how good would that guy fit on the Phoenix Suns? Perfect. I mean, he'd be a perfect fit for them. Let's, just, let's cut to the chase here. You know, I don't know if they could get a deal to work right there. You know, and I've, I've ruled out a lot of players that people have asked me about. I'm not ruling out Kyle Kuzma. He's been their best player. Like, he's been their best player. Now, what incentive did they have to trade him? Well, he's a free agent at the end of the year. He's not going to pick up his option. He's already said he's not going to pick up his option and he's going to be a free agent and the chances that Washington could resign him are pretty slim. So it'd be smart for them to try to get something for him. But I just don't think that that something is is Jay Crowder. Like, why would you just trade right and just keep Kyle Kuzma? He's a better player than Jay Crowder. There's nothing to gain unless the Suns were to sweeten the pot. Um, Kyle Kuzma would be a great fit. Like, he's got size. He could score. He gives you length. I mean, there's a lot to like about his game. If you truly are looking for somebody else that gets to alleviate some of the pressure off of Booker and Chris Paul and others, Mikhail Bridges, and score the basketball. Kyle Kuzma is everything that you would want and, and more. It would probably take a draft pick, and I would have no trouble giving up a draft pick, even if he's a gamble, even if he's a one-year rental. I mean, if you're chasing a championship in that Chris Paul window, which could very well close after this year, I mean, I, I'd go for it with a guy like that. I mean, they need a little more. Maybe they need a lot more. That they need somebody who's going to put the ball in the back, especially when they go to the bench. You know, I'm looking at this team when they are completely healthy. When Cam Johnson's in the lineup and Torrey Craig goes back to the bench, yeah, that makes them a better team. But Corey, Torrey Craig coming off that bench is not the scoring pop that you need. Somebody's got to put that ball yeah. in the basket aside mm-hmm. from campaign in that second unit. And if it could be a guy like Kuzma, I'm telling you, when you get into high leverage playoff games like they will be in, this is the kind of veteran professional scorer you need. And if it costs you a first-round draft pick, which, honest to God, is probably going to be in the late 20s anyway, or at least it should be, 
go ahead and pull the trigger on that. Yeah, the problem is that everybody knows that he's going to be an unrestricted free agent this summer, and uh, the league knows it, and uh, they'll try to negotiate down from there. So, you know, you look at teams and, and where he could go and what you could get for him. And, uh, you know, if you're Washington, can you shed some money, you know, off? I mean, they're... You know, they've got a little bit of breathing room under the luxury tax. They can get a little flexibility if they make the right trade for Kyle Kuzma. So there could be a financial aspect of it for Washington that they like. But there is nothing that, there's nothing that entices me about Jay Crowder if I'm Washington. I would want, what else can you give me? Cause I, like, Jay's gonna come, I'm not gonna re-sign Jay Crowder. So if I, if you're Washington, you've gotta be enticed by something that would have to be a draft pick. I don't know if the Suns go that far to do it. This, Kuzma deal may not even involve Jay Crowder. That might be a totally separate thing where you get a different bench piece. If you're the Wizards, what do you what, why you're trying to shed salary and, and move? You're trying to get something for him rather than nothing. Exactly, because you're going to get nothing because he's an unrestricted free agent. But now you can always do a sign and trade if somebody wants to do that with you. But there's a chance that you could lose him for absolutely nothing. Right. But if you were in the if you were battling for like a play-in spot and you're like, all right, we'll take Crowder for the stretch run because maybe he can help us win a game and maybe we can find our way into the play. But they're 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 not going to be there. I mean, even when they get completely healthy, that's not. I don't see. I guess I guess they could turn it around, but. That's not a team that's going to be a factor in the postseason. So why would you, why would you even want to mess with Jay Crowder for a few months? No, you don't. I want mean, him. T- take a pick to rebuild your franchise, move on from Kuzma, so you don't lose him for nothing. But the Suns, you guys take Jay Crowder and do do something that's else. That's why with it's Crowder. more it's more than likely that a, that a Jay Crowder trade would go to somewhere that where they need him. Yes, the Washington Wizards don't need him. That's my point. So it's Thank more you. likely that he ends up somewhere else. Where okay, what's a team that that because if the, all these teams that are in contention right now from what I'm being told they're calling all the bad teams first they're calling all the because if you're a if if okay take the suns out of it okay a lot of these teams might be like look I'll give you the first round pick and an expiring deal to go get Kyle Kuzma because I want to win now I'll give you that to you you know so you're calling the bad teams because you don't want to give away any of your good players Nobody wants to. Milwaukee doesn't want to give away a good player. Golden State doesn't want to give away a good player. Denver, nobody wants to give away a good player to get a good player. It's like, I'd rather give you uh, an expiring contract and draft picks, you know, to get a good player, to add to what I have. Now, I don't want to subtract from what I have and give you somebody good. So that's where Washington comes in. So it's more, you know, uh, so it's more likely that you get a good team, bad team trade than a good team, good team trade. That makes any sense? Yes. It's, It's been harder. To do the good team versus good team trade. It's harder to do the... It's been, so far, it's been hard. Jay to Milwaukee. Jay to Golden State. Jay to Miami. Take the good teams and it becomes a harder trade because these teams... Now, Atlanta wants to get off of John Collins. They've been wanting to get off John Collins for a while, but they that you don't want to take something back that, you know, that's a lot of money that you don't want. So it's, a, it's often that these better teams call the bad teams to make a deal than they call a good team to make a deal. And the other thing is the quality of player that Jay Crowder is. He does a lot of nice things, but again, you're a contending team or a team that thinks you can make a run in the playoffs. How many teams are looking at Jay Crowder going, that's the guy? 
That's the guy we need. No, it's just, just some teams that will look at Jake. There are teams that like Jake Crowder, but up till this point, to like December twenty first, nobody wants to give anything up to get the guy. Well, he's that, not that. He's not that good. That's my point. Yeah, you like him, but how do you? How much do you like him? Why don't I, I don't like him that much? I mean, that yes, you got to get something of value. But if nobody's willing to give you anything of value, now you got a problem. Yeah, and that's where the Suns walk in. But just watching him play last night, I mean, it's just odd, man. He would be great. Now he's declining his option because the most money he said it's a uh, uh, he actually was talked to the Washington Post earlier this week that he's going to hit free agency and he basically spelled it out he goes it's not a smart business move the max i can make if i sign right now is 15 million if you look at the market that's not market price so the most he could get is 15 million from Washington which is why he's going to hit unrestricted free agency so whoever gets him is very likely just just renting him it's a rental just, player just a rental player it's just you can have him for a couple months and he's got to play well because he wants to try to get a big contract. Right, but I, I look at the Suns and say, okay, here's where we're at with Chris Paul. I'm okay with the rental player. Like, this, this is one of the years you kind of have to go for it. So if it takes, if it takes a first-round pick to get a rental player as good as Kyle Kuzma... I'm doing it. Unless, I'm doing it. Unless you know in the back of your mind that you need to save all your draft picks for a blockbuster trade. Fair enough. If you know that. But you can't, like, unless you don't, you know, you, you have to have something in your back pocket that you feel is good about. Like, if you were to trade Kevin Durant and you go to the Nets, you're like, I don't have all the draft picks you want. Okay, we can't do a deal with you. Okay. If Kevin, you just have to, you have to be prepared that, and I'm not, I'm not saying it's Kevin Durant, it could be a any player of that caliber to trade for, you're going to have to have your full arsenal of draft picks. If Kevin Durant is still a possibility, then hang on to it for a while. I t- I'm, I'm totally down with that. And only James Jones knows if Durant is a possibility. And I assume he'll do the right thing. We'll ask him when he comes on. The, I can't <laughs> ask him about players on another team. He's not allowed to comment. I know. The 2022 college football playoff semifinals is coming to State Farm Stadium on December 31st, featuring number two Michigan and number three TCU as they square off for the first time ever in the Verbo Fiesta Bowl. Head to the contest page now on ArizonaSports.com for your chance to win a pair of tickets. A lot more still to come on the program. At this rate, we're looking at the Arizona Cardinals and elite talent in the draft. What direction should they go in? We'll talk about that next on Arizona Sports, the local sports leader. Burns and Gambo. Afternoons 2 till 6 on Arizona Sports, the local sports leader. Finley's first throw. Maybe. Nope. Will Anderson there. Close to a safety. Another sack for number 31. There it is, Will Anderson, Edge, out of Alabama. We can, since December, Cardinals are out of it. We can talk mock drafts. Oh, boy. Yeah, we, we had, listen, we've been at that. We could start talking mock drafts it like all, six weeks ago, to be honest all with you. It comes down to this. There it is. Know. December. It's not even Christmas yet. All right. <laughs> a, a couple of things. One, the, uh, what is this, Pro Football Focus, Pro Football Network. Pro Football Network's got their mock draft out today. And they got Bryce Young going number one, Jalen Carter going number two, Quentin Johnson number three, and they got the Arizona Cardinals taking Will Anderson, the edge rusher out of Alabama at number four. Says Arizona's a couple young developing players at edge in Cameron Thomas and Myjai Sanders, but neither is quite at the caliber to preclude the Cardinals from picking Will Anderson Jr. if he's their fourth overall. Anderson is a truly elite edge prospect with dynamic two-phase ability and the tools to be a disruptor 
are from down to down. Now, what I look at when I look at these things is the quarterbacks that go after where the Cardinals are picking. They've got Anthony Richardson, the quarterback at Florida, going number five to the Detroit Lions. They got C.J. Stroud, the quarterback from Ohio State, going number six to Indianapolis. They got Will Levi's, the quarterback from uh, Kentucky, going number eight to the Carolina Panthers. They got three quarterbacks right there that teams are drafting. Now, this is this is pretty fascinating. I'm going to go over some of this with you because I find this uh, I, just truly remarkable. The Atlanta Falcons starting quarterback right now is Desmond Ritter. The Ravens starting quarterback is Tyler Huntley. Carolina's starting quarterback is Sam Darnold. The Lions have Jared Goff. The Packers have Aaron Rodgers. Houston's got Davis Mills. Indianapolis has Matt Ryan, although they think they're making a switch this week to Nick Foles. The Raiders have Derek Carr, who's been awful. The Rams have Baker Mayfield as their starting quarterback, although he did get word that Stafford wants to come back and play. Vikings have Kirk Cousins. The Patriots have Mac Jones. The Saints have Andy Dalton right now as their starter. The Giants have Daniel Jones. The Jets have Zach Wilson. San Francisco's got Brock Purdy. They did draft Trey Lance. I can't see them doing a quarterback thing, but you never know. Seattle's starting quarterback is Geno Smith. Tampa Bay's got Tom Brady, who may not be back with the team next year. Tennessee's got Ryan Tannehill, who can't win a big game to save his life. Washington's got Taylor Heineke. The, the, the gist of this story is that, that that's 19 quarterbacks that I just mentioned. 19 teams that could look to add a starter. Now, if you're Green Bay, you have Jordan Love there. Whether you like him or not, I don't know. You've yes, got to decide, the, do you pick up his 50-year option or no, not? cross them off the list. They got Rogers signed, and they got Love backing up. So it's down to 18. They're not, okay. they're not trading up for a quarter. What other team? Um, so Aaron Rod, they're not going to do it. So Green Bay doesn't do anything. I agree. Although they've got to decide on Jordan Love what they're going to do. That's a heavy, expensive uh, 50-year option. But you got no choice, right? Yeah, you can't, you can't, you can't keep it for this long. And then, this long yeah, right. Okay, now you're gone. Yeah, no, so 17, 18, 16 teams that need a quarterback? If you're the Arizona Cardinals, and you're, this is a this is a gold mine for you. It's a freaking gold mine to sit there and say, "Here I am. I, I'm open for business. I, I sale. Let's go. Make me an offer I can't refuse." You got the number four pick in the draft right now. Look, they could get as high as number three, but let's just say they stay at four. The number four pick. Number one, if Houston takes Bryce Young, that's that's gone. Chicago, they could take the best defensive player in the draft in Jalen Carter. That's two. Now, Seattle, they need a quarterback because I don't think Geno Smith is the answer. But So maybe they take one or, you know, that this is the pick that they got from the Broncos. They, maybe they could trade. Maybe a team goes up to Seattle and trades. Again, maybe Seattle just stockpiles a ton of picks because they got their own pick too. Or, but there's just too many quarterbacks that are that are going to go first round for the Cardinals not to be in a position to make a trade for a team that is quarterback needy. Well, Bryce Young is going to go off the board first. All right, there, so he's gone. So now the question is, how many other quarterbacks do these other teams deem worthy enough to sell the farm for it and move up. I mean, like the 49ers thought Trey Lance was worthy of doing that, but not all quarterbacks are created equal. I mean, so you got C.J. Stroud, obviously, and you got Will Levis out of, out of Kentucky. And Richardson. And Anthony Richardson, but Richardson's not projected to be a top six, seven pick. So I don't know if he, like, he's. 
He'll be picked in the first round, maybe, but he's not projected to be in that neighborhood where teams would sell the farm to move up to the Cardinals' fourth, fifth, third position and get him. You're talking about Stroud and this Levis. This draft has him going fifth overall. I had a C.J. Stroud. See, I'm looking at two other mock drafts. He's not even there. So how, again, how so old are those? Are they old? Well, this one is no, because they got B. John Robinson. Okay, C- CBS Sports yesterday. They got Anthony Richardson going number three overall to Seattle. Okay, well, the point stands. You you got to deem the quarterback good uh-huh. enough to to move up. To, like you got to say, okay, that's the guy we got to get. Okay, so there's not all quarterbacks are not created equal. The, the question, Gambo, again, and you know we touched on this on Monday a little bit when we were out on out at Fry's. Will Anderson might be hanging out there, and the Cardinals desperately need an edge rusher. And I know fans are like my you know Simmons and 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 Collins, and need you take another linebacker. But I, I don't know if you label. Anderson, a, a linebacker. You certainly don't label him an inside linebacker. You you label him an edge rushing game wrecker that you hope can be the second coming of Lawrence Taylor for crying out loud. And if that's a position of need, and we can all agree that it is, and this guy at six four two forty three is supposed to be a guaranteed monster. I, I mean, I, I know you'd be against it, but. In, in lieu of maybe sell it, moving down, but God, you got to you got to think about Anderson if you're the Cardinals. I mean, I don't know who's going to be making the call come April, but this kid, this kid's the real deal, man. I mean, I, I don't know how much you've seen him play at Alabama, but he, he's you talk about a game wrecker, right? This is the kind of this is the mm-hmm. kind of guy that can turn around a defense single handedly, and that's what makes it tough to pass. Because yeah. remember the year there was a time when the Arizona Cardinals passed on Terrell Suggs. To move down in the draft, and Great they example. ended up. Great example. They ended up with two players, um, Calvin Pace and I think Bryant Johnson, were the two players that they ended up with. Could add Terrell Sucks. Could add that game changing electric player that just changes your whole defense because he's on the field. And instead of drafting Terrell Suggs, because they, you know, there was a local thing or something about them not wanting to go with the local player, they trade down. They get two players that Brian Johnson wasn't any good, and Calvin Pace was good when he got to the Jets, but he wasn't good when he was with the Cardinals. Right. Moving down in theory is great, but there's no guarantee that guys are going to move down for no. and you pick are going to be good. So it's when just, you, it's, you have a chance to get a generational talent like Will Anderson at three or four, but a lot of teams, you know it. They they like that they like to have more shots at getting the great players. If you give somebody five draft picks for one, that's five shots to improve your football team. You like that? that you get that one bust guy, you're, you're done. Now, a lot of teams like having you know more, more ammunition to go get players. You got a lot of needs, offensive line, cornerback. And so if you get offered one of those, you know, first round pick this year, first round pick next year, first round pick the year after, plus we'll throw in a third... Those become hard deals to pass on. Those will be great options for them to have. Look, it's going to depend on how teams value Levis or Richardson out of Florida or C.J. Stroud. These are the quarterbacks because Bryce Young's going to be off the board. The Texans are going to take him. I think he's going to be the universal uh, mock draft pick at number one. The Texans are going to get him to be their quarterback of the future. And barring something ridiculous, they are going to pick, pick first. So you're talking about really... A couple of guys, two, three guys tops. Would they be scouted and deemed worthy enough for a team that's picking 
15th, 20th to, 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 to give a boatload of picks and move up to a team like the Cardinals to secure a Will Levis or a C.J. Stroud. It's there going to be in a position to get the best one of the best available players at the position of choice for them. You want the best offensive lineman? You could have him. You want the best edge rusher? You could probably have him. You want the best cornerback? You could have him. You want to trade down? You could probably do that too. That's what I like. That's what I'm, I'm like. God, give me the give me the Will Anderson, and then remember you're picking high up in the second round. Then you can go then get you go get an offensive you go lineman get your there. offensive lineman. Yeah. Then high in the third round, go get your defensive lineman. Yeah, that that's makes sense. That's what but I that like. That makes sense on paper, doesn't it? Go get the dominant player at the best dominant player that can change a game on defense with that pick, and then go get the best offensive lineman you could get with your first pick in the second right. round. Just don't miss. Get your scouting department together. <laughs> don't miss on these guys. Uh, easier said than done. I know. All right. Speaking of missing on guys, will the Phoenix Suns miss on their trade opportunity with Jay Crowder? We'll find out next. We'll talk with the GM, James Jones, right here on Arizona Sports, the local sports leader. Burns and Gambo. Afternoons on Arizona Sports, the local sports leader. All right, Suns lose last night, 113-110 to the Wizards. They break a 10-game losing streak. Uh, They played well. First victory in 11 games, 113-110 over the Suns. They really capitalized in the final five minutes of that basketball game. You saw Bradley Beal and Kyle Kuzma both play extremely well uh, as they took over that game in the final five minutes with a huge 21-2 run. We'll talk some Suns basketball. Joining us right now, the general manager of your Phoenix Suns, James Jones. James Burns, he's off. Tim Ring's filling in. How are you, my friend? I'm good, Tim. How are you doing, uh, Gambo? Good to good. talk to you guys. Great, Enjoy. great to have you on. Listen, I'm not going to ask you about the ownership change because I know you can't comment on it now until everything is official, which it has not been approved yet by the NBA. So we're waiting on that. But I will ask you if you expect that when this finally does go through, will it give you more clarity in what you can do with free agency and luxury tax money and draft picks and things like that? Or will it be status quo for you? I think it'll be status quo for a minute. I mean, those are conversations we'll eventually have. So I, I expect to get some clarity. Um, I just don't know the timing of it. Right? It could be from day one. You know, this is where we want to take the franchise. It could be, hey, let's sit back and, and evaluate and see see how it progresses before we decide what we do next. So, yeah. um, in any event, it'll it'll be you know just an, an opportunity for us to move forward and uh, to kind of focus a little bit more on basketball and, and not be distracted by some of the things off the court. Right. There's been a lot of speculation, and I've kind of shot these down. But like that, that you know, maybe you were handcuffed and you couldn't trade a first round draft pick until there was an ownership change. But none of that was really true, right? You've had the the ability to go make deals and sign players and things like that on your own, as it is right now. Correct. Um, we, I've had I've had the ability to do some things. Um, evidently, when you're when you're like where we are. Um, just not us, but the other other franchises and you know counterparts. They think about okay, um, what's the likelihood something will be able to get done? Uh, so it, it it ices it, it chills it a little bit. But um, as far as business, we've been able to to have the conversations and focus on the things we think can improve the team, and uh, we'll continue to do so going forward. Hey James, I know last night was a disappointing outcome and kind of unexpected, but you flush it and you move on. Uh, the sideline blow up between Monty and DA and trying to figure out what was wrong there. 
Charles Barkley had some things to say, and it's got Suns fans all worried and upset about what's going on with the team. Let me just point blank ask you, what was your perspective of what happened there last night, and what is your reaction to it? Um, emotions, frustrations. You know, we were down big. We came back. We started to lose it. Um, but guys just got heated and had a, a heat of the moment exchange. Um, but nothing lingering. I think it's it's starting. You're starting to see. Um, we can have difficult conversations out front um, and and move on past it. You know, it was the last minute and a half of the game, and I know guys wanted to perform well, and we came up short. But it's 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 something good for the cameras. I mean, our locker room post game, our locker room uh, immediately after guys had a chance to cool down was where it typically is. You know, when we lose, our guys are really uh, kind of dejected and, and focused on how they can improve. But, you know, it's 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 a storyline that sounds good, but I mean, our guys are good. Yeah, James, and let me ask you this. The culture of the, of the team and the organization has been so good the last couple of years, and you and Monty are a big reason for that. So when something like that happens, let me, let me, let me put it to you this way. Does the culture allow something like that to happen and there to be no residue? Or when something like that happens, does it does it chip away at the culture and challenge the culture that you guys have built? What do you think about that? I mean, I think it balances. I think it also depends on your group, right? Like when 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 players play poorly and they show no emotion, people get upset and say, oh, these guys don't care about it. Uh, when players play poorly and they make mistakes and they're emotional and they get after each other for saying, like, hey, man, we need to bring it, people get upset and say, oh, my gosh, they're too emotional. <laughs> so for us, it's it's a part of competing at a high level. You know, our, our guys are not robots. We don't want them to be robots. We need them, them to play and play off emotion. Um, and, and sometimes it's good. Other times it's not. But I do know... Um, our guys compete, and and that's why you see frustration. Like when you're when you're a losing team, when you're in losing environments, people just do their job and they they go their separate ways, and, and nothing really bothers them. Um, but you see, for us, like we have a higher standard. We want to win. You know, we want to perform well. And when you do that, you're going to have moments where people blow up. But what's telling is you'll see them come back next game against Memphis, and we'll bring it. Memphis on Friday, then you go on a long stretch of road games. I'll just ask you about the injury report because it's long. You didn't have Devin Booker last night. You didn't have Jacques Landale, no campaign. Obviously, no Jay and Cam Johnson. You did get Dwayne Washington back. Give me your thoughts on uh, on campaign, Jacques Landale, Devin Booker. How soon do you expect those guys back? Those guys are day-to-day. I mean, I, I'm not really sure of the timeline. I mean, I know you know those guys, if, if we needed them to play, Tomorrow, uh, we're in the playoffs. Uh, it'd be very hard to keep all three of them out, um, but but we'll see. You know, we've been doing a great job of of just taking every day as a treatment day and, and getting guys prepared to play. So hopefully, you know, we'll have some of those guys, if not all of them, back Friday. If not, we just wait until they're healthy and. And we go from there. You get an opportunity with all these injuries to evaluate some players. I loved the way Dwayne Washington started that fourth quarter for you. Uh, you know, he gave, you know, hit the big, you know, three pointer, forced the Washington timeout. Then he followed with a floater. You guys had that nine nothing run to start the quarter. And then, you know, Landry Shamit, I think that's the best game I've seen him play as a Suns player. And it wasn't just knocking down the threes, it was, I thought, his facilitating. His, his passing court vision was outstanding, finding open players. So I thought that's the best I've seen Landry play. So what does this mean to you in being able to evaluate these guys in big fourth quarter minutes? 
I'm well for them and for the team. It's important that you know when they're presented with these opportunities, they perform well. Um, it's easy to for guys that don't get minutes. Uh, for people to say, like, hey, they need another opportunity. If they only could get a chance, this is what you'd see. And then for the players themselves, they need to prove it to themselves that they can make the most of it. So it was great to see Landry have a great game yesterday, Dwayne. You know, all those guys are important for us uh, because we can't play our seven guys all year long and still have a lot left in the tank for the playoffs. We're going to need guys to have big moments throughout the course of the year so that they can have big moments in the playoffs. And, and it's been good. Uh, to see them play well, even though we've been struggling with injuries. James, I want to ask you your perspective on the scoring swings of Mikel Bridges. I mean, listen, the defense is always there, and he's he's and he's always there, which is great. But as we all know, yeah, the scoring output it'll vacillate twenty seven one night, ten the next, like like we had last night. From your perspective, do do you hope that that's going to improve and become more consistent, or at some point do you just say, hey, this is who Mikel Bridges is? Like we 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 understand that, and it's going to be our job to put a roster around. Around him to handle that, that we understand there are going to be some nights where it's 27, 28, and there's going to be other nights where it's 10 or 12, and it's our job to get the job done regardless. I mean, well, Miguel's the guy that's going to play 35 minutes a night. Right? So, like, those nights when he has great scoring output, some of it's dictated by opponent. Other ones are just his, you know, it's just his ability to, 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 to find his shot. Um, but he's going to have to be a consistent scorer for us. And the only way he's going to get that is by repetition. You know, it's not going to be, you know, after 60 games, after 30 games of of being a, an offensive focal point. You know, this is literally the first year where we've we've tasked him with playing both ends of the court and being, you know, a consistent uh, scorer and a primary scorer where he creates his own shots and he's, he's aggressive offensively. So um, there's time for him. I, there's no doubt in my mind over time that he'll be able to, stabilize, uh, but it's, it's going to be a challenge because it's something he has to adapt to. Let me ask you, because you're not just a, a, a GM and a, and a former player, you're also a fan of the game, and you see the list of the nominations, first time on the ballot for the Hall of Fame, Dirk Nowitzki, Tony Parkup, Hal Gasol, and a longtime teammate of yours, Dwayne Wade, who you had a lot of success with and won championships with. I, I want to get get your thoughts on what it was like to be a teammate with Dwayne and, and his impact on the game of basketball. I mean, well, Dwayne, it's it's funny because Dwayne's one of those guys where, you know, he wasn't expected to be as good as he was um, coming into to college. Um, he was a, a, a guy that went to year, college multiple years at Marquette, not a big, big name school, um, but was drafted fifth and, and still had, you know, people wondering, you know, could he be that type of player? But he was someone who played way bigger than his size. Um, he was someone that was committed to winning. He would, he would do literally whatever it took to win, defend, score, pass, um, just was always about team and, and never quit. And, you know, to see him there is great. Um, you know, it's humbling because I, I get a chance to say not only do I know that guy, but I've, I've watched him become that. And, you know, the other guys in that group are all phenomenal, um, but there's a special place in my heart for Dwayne Wade because he's a brother. He's someone who inspired me and someone who defied the odds and is going to be a, for forever um, be a role model for so many so many youth who think uh, or that are doubted through the process. How what was it like for him 
being, you know, having led Miami to a championship, and then you know you, you get the big three in there, you Bosch and LeBron, and, and and having to share that spotlight with 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 another superstar player and another great player after you know being the franchise icon was that was that difficult for him or was that easy? I think his pride um, made it difficult, but his ego made it easy. Um, because, like I said before, if you talk to Dwayne, you'll know. Um, the game is bigger than the game of basketball for him. It's all about being your best and, and winning at everything and winning titles and winning championships, whatever it required, he was willing to do it. And, you know, as good as LeBron is, you know, D Wade was pretty good himself. Uh, but he also understood that, that he was better equipped in that moment, uh, to, to, to take a sidestep and allow LeBron to be who he was because as a leader, that's what was necessary. Hey, listen. James, I don't know if you agree. I'm sure you do. For in my lifetime, third greatest shooting guard I've ever seen. I wasn't alive for Jerry West, but Dwayne Wade, easily third greatest shooting guard I've seen in the NBA in the last 45, 50 years. He deserves all of that. I mean, all of that respect and recognition because I don't think, and people say this a lot, but I don't think you'll ever see another guard like D-Wade. He's truly special and unique. Yeah, I wanted to give you the opportunity with him being nominated for the Hall of Fame first time on the ballot just to talk about your former teammate. All right, I'll just have you leave me with this because I know a lot of people are asking us and just uh, any resolution, uh, did you foresee any re- resolution coming quickly on the trade front or is that something that's still a work in progress? It's still a work in progress. All right, James, I appreciate it as always. Good luck against Memphis on Friday. We'll talk to you next week. All right, thank you. That's James Jones, the GM of the uh, Phoenix Suns, and that's obviously the Jay Crowder if there's anything close. Uh, and I have not heard that there is anything close uh, to a Jay Crowder trade. A lot of people are looking at that December 15th date when a third of the league would become available and still, you know, nothing with that. All right, we'll talk some more Phoenix Suns basketball next right here on Arizona Sports, the local sports leader. and Gambo. Afternoons 2 till 6 on Arizona Sports, the local sports leader. Tim Ring filling in for Burnsy. We are taking you right up until 6 o'clock tonight. No bonus coverage tonight. Get to go over over 6. That's a shame. They get to go over normal time. Yeah. Oh, my God, I watched this new... uh, My wife made me start watching this new Netflix show. I can't believe I watched it. I can't believe I actually agreed to watch this. The White Lotus? No, not The White Lotus. You want to take a guess? Everybody take a guess. All three. Go ahead. Mitch? Wednesday. Yeah, that's it. That's what I was going to guess, too. I don't... I like My wife's like, okay, listen, I know this is typically not your thing, but it's supposed to be really, really good. And I watched the first episode without you, and I thought, I'm not going to watch it without... Like, I want you to see it. So I'm like... All right. Like, I still haven't watched Yellowstone and Cobra Kai. I still got a couple that are sitting there waiting to be watched. But she says to me, you know, last night after the uh, the Suns game, look, one episode, then go to bed. I'm like, all right, all right, all right. One, one, epi- I'll get one episode I'll give you. And it wasn't bad. It wasn't bad. It had a little, it had a little Harry Potter in it and a little Stranger Things to it. And the kid, it, the actress is the Wednesday from okay. like the Adams family. Okay, the kid's awesome. Dude, like, she's kid's, scary. She's a badass. Yeah, yeah. I, I watched it with my fiance. She w- did the same thing basically. Like I found out she was watching. She's like, "You want to watch an episode? Sure, watch it." And you're hey, like, "This isn't my. This isn't normally what I would watch." No, neither. Right? And you liked it? Yeah, it was pretty good. We watched the whole thing. Did you watch the whole season? Yeah, I watched it with her like a week ago. Yeah. 
How about you, Mitch? Did, My did you roommates were both watching it. I haven't seen it yet, but I've only heard positive things about it. Yeah. No, not me. When, they, when, they, when these boys start picking on our brother and she not walks me. up to their pool and she drops a bag of piranhas in there to go kill them, I'm like, okay, all right. She's a little badass. I'm going to watch. I'll watch this. Yeah. Oh, I'm breaking down film. You're breaking down film? <laughs> I did, Listen, I'm just, one Netflix show. It's like, again, I'm one episode in. I might bail after the second one, but I was... I was somewhat into that. I, I like uh, I like um, violence. <laughs> I bailed on I bailed on Yellowstone this season. I just couldn't. What? Tell, yeah, but this season I did. What? Yeah, don't I, tell me anything about it. I haven't seen all it. All right, I won't. I won't. Don't tell you. Oh. I want to see the one with Harrison Ford though. Like they've got a new one coming out. Yellowstone, uh, I believe. Yeah, Yellowstone kind of. Uh, and honestly, one of the best Netflix shows I've ever watched in my life is a show called Dark. It's like German based, and I freaking loved Dark. And they've got a new one out called like 1899 that I might have to watch on my own because Chelsea's not that into it. Uh, oh, wait, she, you watch her shows, but she won't watch yours. No, we usually always okay. usually always do. <laughs> um, all right, let, let's comment on a couple of things James Jones said. The, the sale looks and he cannot comment on the sale now because it's not finalized. Right. But I did ask him if it will give him more clarity. Here's what he said. I think it'll be status quo for a minute. I mean, those are conversations we'll eventually have. So I, I expect to get some clarity um i just don't know the timing of it right it could be from day one you know this is where we want to take the franchise it could be hey let's sit back and, and evaluate and see see how it progresses before we decide what we do next so yeah. i mean in any event it'll, it'll be you know just an, an opportunity for us to move forward and uh to kind of focus a little bit more on basketball and, and not be distracted by some of the things off the court Okay, I've always been told that there was no real restrictions on his ability to make a trade if he wanted to make a trade. Now, if you want to go trade for Kevin Durant, okay, maybe that's a different story. But I'm talking about trading Jay Crowder, and if you had to add a pick, I was told there was not any restrictions on his ability to do that. Now, if you want to add $200 million in salary, okay, that might be a different conversation. But as far as just making a quick one, no, I did not I did not believe that, that he was under any um, restrictions the way he couldn't do it. He talked about that you know was you know being allowed to make the big moves and whether whether he could do something right now i've had the ability to do some things um evidently when you're when you're like where we are um just not us but the other other franchises and you know counterparts they think about okay um what's the likelihood something will be able to get done uh so it 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 ices it it chills it a little bit but um as far as business we've been able to to have the conversations and focus on the things we think can improve the team and uh, we'll continue to do so going forward all right, that's James Jones. Continue to do it going forward. No real restrictions. Um, listen, I'm sure you'd love cat like clarity. I mean, you're sure. Listen, James Jones has to work for this person. Okay, he he's going to report to this person. So, I mean, you want to have a good working relationship. You want to be on the same page. You want to have a, a similar vision for what you want to do. I imagine like that. There's any trepidation. You expect the guy coming in that just dropped two point six billion dollars, two point four billion dollars to want to win. You'll have a new owner. It'll be something new. It'll be you know, it might be exciting. Um, um, to have somebody, maybe it'll give him more flexibility in things that he could do. Maybe, you know, he'll have the more ability to add salary or to do the things that, that he envisions. And so I do think that, but you want to have a good, proper working relationship. So when this is all said and done, and, and no, Matt Asheeb is not coming in here and blowing out the coach and the GM. Now, I expect executives and him to bring in his own people at the top that run the business, that run the business. But as far as running the Suns, you're not going to mess with what's working. James Jones and Monty Williams have been a great 
great combination. James has done a remarkable job of changing the culture of this organization and putting a winning product on the court. And Monty's done a fantastic job coaching the team. Matt Ishby is not going to come in and change any of that. But you're going to want to have a meeting. You're going to want to meet. You're going to want to just see, okay, what's your vision? What's my, here's my vision. What's your vision? Let's, let's work together. Well, there's, there's undeniably now a new dynamic. There's another voice in the room. And the voice in the room also happens to be the boss. So you get into these potential trade situations, and I don't know how it's going to go down. But let me just give you a hypothetical. Let's say there's a deal on the table for Kyle Kuzma. And it's a deal for, I don't know, a first-round pick and a second-round pick and Jay Crowder, hypothetically speaking. Let's say James Jones is like, I don't want to do that. I don't feel good about it. What if Matt Sheba says, no, I want to do that. Let's do that. Pull the trigger. Like, that's what's fascinating to me now, that you have a owner in the mix who is the boss and is a basketball guy. Now, Matt may be like, James, you're the GM. If you don't want to do the deal, don't do the deal. That could also very well happen. But there's undeniably now a voice in the room, and the voice in the room is also. But you're also the boss. talking about is the guy going to meddle and say I want to do this? Listen, everything needs to be approved I, by the owner, right? And so, and I don't everything know. needs to be approved by the owner. Yeah. The owner's got to prove everything in all the sports. Of course, of course. But but he could easily say, no, you know what? We need Kuzma. Make the deal. That, as long that, as that's what James wants, right? But what if James is like on the fence? Um, it's going to be interesting. I don't know how Matt's the dynamics gonna on how it's going to work. It, sure. it, and the dynamic yeah. is the d- dynamic is undeniably going to change because the voice is going to be there in the room now. All right, four o'clock reset coming up. We'll get you caught up on all the latest and everything that's happening in sports next, right here on Arizona Sports, the local sports leader.